Welcome back to Create, Inspire, Repeat. I'm Susan Gifford, the Culture and Development Director here at Touchstone Merchandise Group, headquartered in Mason, Ohio. And I'm Austin Baker, our Multimedia Director. Today we're talking to disruptive visionaries about their brand stories, their inspirations, and their why. That's right, we're talking to people who have created some of the most electric, dynamic, and awesome brands out there, sharing with you what makes them so disruptive. So we hope you're inspired, activated, and have something to take back to your fellow visionaries. Yeah. So Austin, if you could tell your 14-year-old self any piece of advice, what would it be? The one thing I would tell my 14-year-old self is to really don't care what other people think. Ugh, that's so close to mine. And that's, I mean, that's something I still struggle with, of course, today, but it's, it's something that as I've grown up and as I've experienced college and um, work and like just life in general, you start to realize like, the only person's opinion who really matters is your own. And you should oh my gosh. You should focus on what you want to do and Preach. figure that out. Preach. <laughs> From mine, I was going to say, it doesn't matter that you're not one of the cool kids. Oh. That is not going to matter in four years. Stop worrying about that, it. That hits deep. Because I wasn't one of the cool kids. <laughs> I was not either. I was a band nerd, so it didn't. I was a theater kid. Yeah. <laughs> High five, buddy, right there. Anyway, so this is Teenage Adversity. Brought to you by Austin and Susan, but this is not anywhere near the level of adversity from the guest we have today. We have someone special today um, who is actually here at Touchstone. They got to go through the brand workshop today. Our brand workshop is Touchstone's point of differentiation. Mm -hmm. It's what makes us special here and what separates us from other promotional products companies. We take the time to sit down and help a brand figure out their why. We've preached Simon Sinek's gospel here from, yep. from the first. <laughs> Start with your why. Uh, yep. The very first episode and we do with our employees when they're brought on. It's all about not selling what you sell or not selling what you do or how you do it, but why you do it. And we think that um, this workshop really helped tidy up Streets to Fitness's whole goal and thought process and is, is really going to help them um, make some great selections when it comes to their uh, promotional merchandise and that sort of thing. But aside from that, his story oh, and so how cool. he got from the streets to fitness and what he's doing with that information is life-changing. Like this is the inspiration we're all looking for here. So we're so we're totally lucky to have him in the studio here today. So Kip, let's ask you the first question. What did you think of the workshop process? How did it go and what did you get out of it? It was awesome. It was creative. It made us think outside of the box. Mm -hmm. And he did a deep dive on what Streets to Fitness really is and he put, made us put context clues together and think as a team. That's right. Awesome. I think it was very necessary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For us to like really dig and like know like who we are. You know what I mean? Right. It kind of broke it down better. Mm -hmm. I think it helps to simplify um, your direction. It's like, yeah, you've got this background story and you've got what you're trying to do. But when he breaks it down and helps you hone those messages down to a few sentences. Or when you know that you're a hero brand, for example, Rebel Second, what was the third one over there? Caregiver. Caregiver yeah, yeah, that really helps put some personality to your brand because now you know how to feel. That's that's a whole lot of context to oh, add yeah. to a brand. It, it makes you like rethink, we do it with Touchstone as a company internally as well. It makes you rethink like who you're trying to hit as a target audience. And I know you sort of have that audience already in your mind, but it helps you like define who they are. Cause a lot of times you're like 25 to 35 or whatever it is, 
male, that type of thing. But when you think of it as like athletic, uh, urban or core fan, like it just gives you a different way to like be like, okay, this content is for them. And that's, that's, I think it's cool for us when it comes to like merchandise and building collections, but also like for you guys creating content around that. I think that's just a valuable thing to have. And I like that we do it. <laughs> well, for some background information, um, with <laughs> this is kind of a loaded question because I want to hear so much about Streets of Fitness and how you guys made it to this point. But can you give me um, just an elevator speech about what Streets to Fitness is and what you guys are trying to achieve? Um, Streets to Fitness is a brand that inspires people to overcome adversity and be the best version of version of themselves mm -hmm. and just give them motivation to overcome obstacles they face in life. That's awesome. That's a great summary. Did that come out of today? Yeah, that came out of today. Yes. That's awesome. I was yes. like, that's so, it sounds so rehearsed. I was like, he's got this down. <laughs> well, there's a whole lot of backstory that goes into this. So without just asking you a vague, um, what is your why? Tell me how you made it to this point. Because the last 10 or 15 years have been kind of crazy for you guys. I was born in Washington, D.C. And unfortunately, my mom died when I was one and I relocated to Northwest Florida with my great aunt. She was 60 years old when she got me. Poverty neighborhood, a lot of drug dealers, uh, crime infested area. And unfortunately I became a drug dealer. So I became a product of my environment. That's what I seen. All I had was bad role models around me. Yeah. And I had family members that deal drugs and, and use drugs as well. So it came to a point where I didn't have any money to provide for myself to buy clothes because my aunt, she had gambling problems, alcoholic, and she wasn't providing for me. So I discovered a way to provide for myself, which was a bad choice. I started selling drugs. And to be honest, I became good at it and it became a lifestyle, my lifestyle. I was in the streets, I was making money and I was providing for myself. Unfortunately, it started, I started getting arrested and it sent me to juvenile detention. I was in and out of juvenile detention. I turned 18. I was incarcerated at a juvenile facility. I got out. I didn't change any of my irrational thinking, any of my bad habits. And at that time when I was 18, I wasn't ready to change and I wasn't yeah. willing to change. However, I didn't have positive role models. I didn't have anyone providing resources to teach me the right way and how to change and how to live a law-abiding citizen lifestyle. And from 18 to 23, I was a drug dealer, club promoter at a carpet cleaning company all at the same time. Oh, wow. And got to a point when I was 22, 23, I met Jasmine in 2012 at a carpet cleaning company and I was cleaning carpet for her Super 8 Hampton Inn, Best Western, a lot of hotels. And I sent her flowers to her job, flowers and a necklace to her job. Mm -hmm. She told me Alabama was her favorite team. Julio Jones played, had just been drafted to the Atlanta Falcons. I took her to the Atlanta Falcons and Raiders game, took her to ride jet skis, took her to a um, hip hop future concert when she turned, she turned 19. Mm -hmm. Then I went to prison. So things changed pretty fast. After pretty that. fast, right. I didn't get to know her that that good. It was like less than a year. Right. We weren't yeah. we weren't like officially together or anything. anything. We were just right. still getting so to know getting each other. other. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So now I have these charges I'm facing. I'm in the county jail. I'm just thinking about okay, who's going to be in my corner? I'm trying to prepare myself mentally 
How am I going through all this time? I was 23, about to turn 24. The last person on my mind to show up to visit was Jasmine. She mm -hmm. showed up to visit. And after I seen her, I'm laying in my, in my bunk. I'm like, what is she doing here? All these people that I knew for like years, she was in my corner and she only knew know me for seven months. As time went on, she was continually coming to visit. I'm like, wow, she's a gen genuine woman. Like, she's one of a kind. She was 19 at the time. That's crazy. So yeah. I'm telling her, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want her to put her life on on hold because of my mistakes and you just met me. But if you want to make that decision and commit and stand by me while I do this time, I'm grateful. And, and I told her in visit, look, I love you. That was the first time I told her I love her. I was in visit. And that was like an emotion that was hard for me to, to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I'd already told her, I gave her the opportunity, like, you can you can walk away. I won't be hurt. I know I have a lot of time to do. I don't want to be selfish and tell you, look, just wait on me. That's being selfish. You know yeah. what I mean? So while doing my time, I got sentenced to six years in federal prison. And the first year, it was like rough. I was eating unhealthy. I was living a night nightlife lifestyle before I went to prison. So it was hard for me to sleep during the daytime. I mean, during the nighttime, I was sleeping during the daytime. So I'm in there, I'm trying to just get mentally focused and prepare myself to do time. It's like, it was an unknown adversity. It was adversity growing up without my mom. That was rough, that was hard, you know what I mean? While I did my time in federal prison, it was much harder to grow up without my parents. I didn't have my dad either. My dad's been in prison my entire life. So. While I was doing my time, I was trying to figure out, okay, how can I stay mentally sane? How can I develop a level of discipline and keep control of my mind? Because you're like in a cage and you're in a confined place where there's an officer telling you what to do constantly, telling you when to lock down, telling you when to eat. They control your life. And I knew I had to do six years. So I just couldn't fathom how, I, how am I yeah. gonna do this time? So I started working out and it, it made me feel good. Like I wasn't going for a physical look. I didn't have any fitness goal when I first started. My thing was I wanted to be mentally fit, be able to do this time, get out and be a law-abiding citizen and not go back to the bad path that I traveled down that led me to prison. So I ended up getting to my first prison, Memphis, Tennessee. And when I landed there, I seen a lot of guys just working out. It was kind of intimidating and it was like so many people and it was like segregated and to gangs, race and everything. And when I got there, I seen all these guys that had been working out five, 10 years plus. They had been in prison for years. And with me being a beginner, they can already can tell, okay, he just started working out. He's gonna quit in a few months. He's not gonna take it serious. So people don't allow you in there. They don't allow you to just join their workout crew because you're you're a newbie. You're straight off the bus, and they feel as if you're just trying to fit in and just work out because you're in here. So I remember taking off my shirt. I never forget taking off my shirt. I've been eating honey buns, drinking sodas, all this stuff in the county jail, <laughs> and I built a gut. When I got locked up, I weighed 150. I built a gut and. I had a stomach and I weighed 180. And I remember taking off my shirt and someone said, hey, youngster, you better start getting in shape. When you get home, you're going to need lipo. <laughs> right, they're, they, they just, yeah. right, they're ruthless. And they have nothing but time and they're like comedians. They joke oh, yeah. around and they feel like you should have tough skin. You're in prison, so it's not 
know, being nice. They'll yeah. respect you, but some people just say what they feel. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that I had a chip on my shoulder from that. So I'm like, okay, I got something for you guys. So <laughs> I started working out by myself, and then eventually I seen a guy who's the same age as me. I was like 25 at the time, and he had been in prison since he was 20, and he was about to go home. And he approached me, he said, um, my nickname in there was K.I. That was my name before I went to prison. And he said, hey, I heard you were a club promoter. Um, can you give me some advice? My friends, they're club promoters. They were free, they were in the free world. And I told him about you that you did a show with Nicki Minaj. And can you give, them, give me some advice so I can give them? I'm about to go home, I wanna be a club promoter as well. So I was like, okay, I'll give you advice, but can I work out with you guys? Can I lift weights? Like, in prison, that particular prison, they, the inmates controlled the weights. Mm -hmm. So you just couldn't walk up to the weights grab and just one, yeah. grab one. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's wild, right? So it's that was like part of the gangs and right. stuff like that? Okay. Right. So I wasn't involved in a gang. So you couldn't get, okay. But they had groups. I'm from Florida, so your homeboys are the people that's from the same state as you. Okay. And the other, like, cliques are the gangs. Mm -hmm. So there, it, it was only about 12 people from Florida there. Yeah. So they didn't have anyone working out with the weight. So I told the guy from, he's from Kentucky. I told him, hey, if you let me work out, then I'll give you some advice about club promotion. <laughs> so I ended up starting working out with them lifting weights. And the guy at the time, I didn't know he had a life sentence, but he was working out like he's about to go home soon. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's going to go home and be a fitness trainer. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, hey, youngster, I'm going to tell you the rules. When you work out, if you're not dedicated and then you're not going to give 100%, don't show up. If you quit one time, don't come back. And that resonated with me like on a level of a mindset that I had to have. He said, I know you're not on the same level as us because we've been working out for five to 10 years, but I know when you're not trying to push yourself as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And I remember him like telling me like 20 reps, I'll be at 15 and I'll think that I can't push myself no more. He would push me, but he'll decrease the weight and keep me going, you know what I mean? And at that time, I didn't know he had a life sentence. Again, I didn't know he had a life sentence. They don't just go around and promote yeah. it, saying it. So like three or four weeks later, he heard I was getting transferred and I've been training with him about four or five months. And he helped me develop a level of discipline where I held myself accountable when I commit to something to finish, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he told me, youngster, you're getting a second chance at life. I got a life sentence in here. This one, he finally admitted to me that he had a life sentence. Another guy told me, but I just couldn't believe it because his mindset, he, he had a free, like, free mind. Yeah. And he was at, I, I'm not going to say he was at peace, but he had hope and faith that he would eventually go home one day. Yeah. And he preserved his body. So he told me, he said, if you get out and you do the same thing, He's like Albert Einstein, he said, you know the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing and expecting a different result. He was like, I've seen guys get out of here, think that they can outsmart the the feds, the, the police officers, yeah, yeah. the system, whatever, and they come right back a few years later. He's like, put your plan together and execute when you get out. If you don't have a plan, you don't have anything to execute, you're gonna freestyle, go back to what you know. And I was later transferred and I continue that, that habit that I adopted of a routine of working out five days a week. But that time I wasn't eating healthy. Mm -hmm. So now again, like what, what I initially said, 
I started my fitness journey for the mental benefit. But now I'm like, man, I want to see my body change. Yeah. I see these guys with six packs and all this stuff. I'm like, and they're walking around, the shirts off, and my body isn't changing. And now people are saying stuff, what are you working out for? You still look the same. So now I'm looking in the mirror, looking at myself. I'm like, man, I do look the same. So I'm taking pictures. I'm taking pictures, like trying to keep track of my progress. So there was this one guy, he's very fit. He's like, he had been in prison for like 17 years. And I started watching what he was eating. I started asking him questions. And I wanted, I was curious about nutrition. So I didn't know, okay, it's like 75, 80% your diet and the other 20, 25% is the workout. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, so if I do 300, 400 crunches a day for five days a week, I can get a six pack in two months. I want an overnight success. So I ended up getting transferred. Those two guys that I came in contact with, they gave me a lot of knowledge. And I went to another prison in Miami, Florida. While I was in Miami, Florida, I started picking up personal training books. Now I was very interested in personal training and, and physical fitness. So I got a book called National Federation of Professional Trainers. And I ended up, I wanted to, I was so passionate about exercising, I want to be, become a personal trainer. So now it was a 400 page book, all these big words and going into depth <laughs> about the anatomy of, of the body. I'm like, man, kind of got intimidated, <laughs> but I ended up reading the book like three or four times. And I took the test. I became a certified personal trainer. And while I was in Miami, I met a lot of high caliber guys. One guy, one particular guy, he was featured in Forbes magazine and he became my mentor. And he taught me a lot about life that no one taught me. Like when I was growing up, you know, I didn't have a father. I didn't have any positive role models to help veer me on the right track or let alone have the structure to do the right thing in life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you I, don't I, even know what you I, don't know. Right, I, I didn't know. So at this, at this point in my life, it was like 2016, 2017, I, had a, I was putting together a plan, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I knew I had a few more years to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So when, after I got my, my personal training license and I gained a level of respect from the fitness, fitness aspect of my life in prison, these guys start respecting me because of my fitness level and where I came from. Not only just my street cred of what I was doing in the streets, like not to be glorifying the old lifestyle that I was living, had a large amount of money, uh, cars, you know what I mean, living in beach houses. And this particular guy, he's mentoring me, he's teaching me about business structure, everything as far as like private placement, memorandums, like he was a Wall Street guy. And it was just interesting to me, like I didn't have a clue about none of this stuff. So you mean to tell me I can do legitimate things, raise capital and be an entrepreneur on like on a CEO level? He's like, yeah, and that's what I do. I take companies public and I was just blown away about <laughs> like the millions of dollars he, he had, yeah. right, he made. But he didn't get in trouble until like he was in his late 50s or 60s. So he lived a, a, a high level luxury lifestyle his entire life, right? And I was just amazed. I'm like, man, what was I doing? I was in the wrong field, you know what I mean? But I didn't have access to those caliber guys to mentor me and teach me. So I took advantage of that opportunity while I was in prison. So I gravitated to guys that knew business structure, that knew how to 
present themselves very well. You know what I mean? Surrounded mm-hmm. yourself with people who knew more about it. Than right, you did. and knew yeah. more. I was I was hungry for knowledge, and it was like I was a sponge while I was in there. I was just trying to soak it up. So, Jasmine, she was there the entire time. She drove to Memphis to come see me. Drove to Miami to come see me. She was coming to visit South Carolina. South Carolina. So while in Miami. Like I, like I was saying, I gained a level of respect because of my fitness level. So a lot of people, they knew me. They called me the jump rope man. And <laughs> all I did was work out. They ended up calling me Megatron when I was, when I was transferred to South, South Carolina. I got there. Guys already knew me. While I was in South Carolina, I started putting a plan together. I told Jasmine, I want to get out, and I'm going to work at a gym. That was my plan. And she's like, babe, you can do it. I know you can. And I used to tell her my level of fitness and she couldn't believe it because, like, back in 2012, I remember we were at a hotel, and she said, hey, babe, you want to go work out? I said, work out? A gym? Yeah. What is like, a gym? What? what? I'm like, are you serious? So I never had a passion for fitness. I never even ate healthy, never worked out prior to going to prison. So when I end up getting out, I get bad news that I can't go back to Florida. And Jasmine, that's all. She lived in Florida her entire life. And I lived in Florida my entire life as well. I told her she had to move to Texas if she wanted to be with me. So she moved to Texas. I had a federal charge and a state charge. Okay. So Texas had control of me over my state charge. So I had to do my parole. I had to start my parole through Texas. Okay. So when I got out, I'm riding my bike everywhere. And my mentor had told me, he's like, look, when you get out, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be tests. You got to persevere. The same way you persevered and did your time in prison, you have to persevere. You're going to, people are going to tell you no, but next. It's always next. And someone's going to tell you, yeah, you're going to get your breakthrough. So I went around to every gym in Southeast Texas. Everyone denied me, right? I had all my qualifications, my certifications. I was qualified. And I was straightforward about my my past wrongdoing, you know what I mean? I told him, look, I paid my debt to society. I was convicted, drug dealer. Just give me an opportunity. I guarantee you won't regret it. Mm-hmm. No one called me back. But my plan B was, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a job at a, at one of them, yeah. right, at a, at a restaurant though, yeah. oh, okay. so I can eat healthy and yeah, stay yeah. fit, right? There you go. So I got a job at Golden Corral, and I'm busting tables. And all the people that I'm busting tables for, they're like, what are you doing working here, man? You're fit. You look like you should be a, a, a DB for the Houston Texans. So I'm busting tables. I'm like, man, what am I doing? So Jasmine, she came over from Florida, and I told her, look, I'm tired of working here. She was like, quit, babe. So I just quit, and I saved my money. I got out the halfway house, and I was living in an apartment. So I quit. There was this gym I became a member at. I told myself I'm going to become a member at the gym that I want to work at mm-hmm. and just manifest it. So Jasmine and I we went to the gym. I played, I paid for her a daily pass to work out, and I'm training her. And there's this girl. She's watching us. She's the fitness director at the time. She told the owner that I'm training in the gym and I'm not a trainer. Mm-hmm. I was breaking the rules. I didn't know. Yeah. I've been out of prison for like a month. I didn't have a clue what the rules are pertaining to trainers. Mm-hmm. And... I told Jasmine, I said, there's a guy over there with a a dress suit on. He's watching us behind the Stairmasters. She's telling me I'm just paranoid. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, man, he's watching us. Yeah, yeah. So we had just created Streets to Fitness Instagram. It was was about to be our second post. I recorded her. I'm training her. 
And as you're walking out, there's a table, free coffee and everything. We sat down, we drank some coffee. I said, come on, baby, let's post. Post it, yeah. Right. So a guy with the suit on, the guy, same guy with the suit on, he calls my name. He said, hey, Kip, do you have time to come talk to me real quick? I'm thinking, like, how does he know my, my name? name. Right. <laughs> like, right. dude, what? Right, right. <laughs> right. So I walked in his office. He said, first and foremost, um, I want to let you know you're breaking my rules in my gym. I was like, what rule did I break? He said, um, you're training in my gym. I said, training who? He's like, the laid back guy. I said, that's my fiance. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, I heard you were training another girl as well. I said, that was my coworker. So when I was working at Golden Corral, okay, there, was, there was a girl, my coworker. I told her, look, if you pick me up, because I had a bike. Jasmine, when, when I went to prison, I ended up giving her my Camaro while I was in prison. Jasmine had my car in Florida. So I made a deal with the girl that works at Golden Corral. Look, give me a ride and I'll train you. And so I was training her. I said, look, I told the owner, it won't, it won't ever happen again. I won't break your rules. And I told him I submitted an a application and you guys told me that you weren't looking to hire any trainers. He's like, are you qualified? Are you a um, certified trainer? And I said, yes. I showed him my certification, told him my entire story. He got teary-eyed when I told him like the whole story. And he was like, look, I'm going to give you an opportunity. God put on my heart to give you an opportunity. Are you willing to um, work at a different location? Remind you, I don't know anything about Texas. I don't know nothing about the cities. He said, I'm looking for trainers at the Mid-County location. I don't know where Mid-County is. And I said, yeah. He said, can you commute? I said, yeah. And I'm riding, I'm, I'm riding a bike, right? Jasmine is about to leave the next week. And when it was time for the interview, and no, we got back to the house. I think I looked up the You looked up the location. And I'm I was like... like you have to basically drive on, like, on a highway, a, right? A on real bike. highway, like an interstate. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna call him and tell him I don't want the job. Yeah. I'm gonna figure it out. This is my opportunity. This is my breakthrough. And the first, like, the first, you took me to the interview. Then yes. the following day, you had to leave. You had to right. go back I home to Florida. And I left. So now I'm catching Uber to work. Mm -hmm. The money that I saved, I just had enough to do yeah. Uber. So you get paid commission off your clientele that you build. You get paid commission off each client that you get and train. I didn't have any clients. So I was only getting paid to pick up weights. And it wasn't much money. My paycheck, it wasn't even enough to cover my Uber ride back and forth. That's crazy. <laughs> so it was discouraging. Like, it was so discouraging. Losing money while you went right. to work. Like, right. that, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts, right. So now I'm, I'm on the gym floor. I'm talking to people. One guy, he's seen my work ethic. I'm picking up all the weights. Like, if you grab a 45 and you didn't rack it up, I didn't get mad or anything. I just picked it put it and up. put it back up for you. And I'm wiping the cables. I'm constantly doing it. I feel like a robot just going all round and round <laughs> doing the same thing, right? And eventually a guy gave me an opportunity to train his wife. Then I, that went from one client to two clients to, like, I think 25 clients, like, the third month, and then 30 clients. Then I became the fitness director, and my mentor that I told you about while I was in prison, I asked him, can he help me with a biography, put my biography together so I can incorporate it on my website. And he sent my, my story to the Forbes publisher. And the Forbes publisher, he loved my story, and he published my story. Awesome. So I was featured in Forbes, and then I started raising capital. I started my company, my streets to fitness. I incorporated. Mm -hmm. I started raising capital, and that's basically we at this point now. So we're at yeah. 
That's awesome. I, I love all the different aspects that sort of weave in and out of that story about who you are. Um, a lot of times people overcome struggles and stuff. And for you, fitness was that like that North star that you needed throughout all of that. And I think that's, that's awesome that you one get to do it today, but also that you get to sort of give back and sort of, um, help people who are in situations similar to yourself. I know that's a big part of streets of fitness. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, like far as like helping people that was in situations like me, there's, there's a lot of people in situations similar to mine. Mm -hmm. Not too many that went down that path that I went down. You know what I mean? People face adversity on different levels. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in, in Texas, I had over a hundred clients. A lot of my clients would tell me like, especially during the pandemic, the nurses, they were like overwhelmed with people at the hospital. And they told me just hearing my story because I had a one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with them, hearing my story just like help, help, help them push through their day because they like, how did you persevere? Like through yeah. that adversity that you faced, awesome. they couldn't do it. Like, and all the gym members, like when they seen my story on the news and the Forbes, in the Forbes article, they were coming up to me and telling me like my story is so inspiring. I never imagined that my life would inspire and have impact on people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's something I, I think that you sort of forget as you go through all these struggles and stuff is like, there's people who look at that and they see that and they're like, this guy overcame a lot. And to you, it's just your life. It's right. just simple. Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of who you are and about your story. And I think that's, that's why you came to touch in a day to sort of meet about expanding this and um, promoting it more. Um, yeah. I, I think one thing I noticed, I've, I've heard this story two or three times now, I think, and in none of the times that you have told this story, have you said what people from your past life thought about you or even mentioned who used to be in your life? It's like you have not looked back at all right. from this standpoint. So when I got out, it was hard, like my old friends, they didn't embrace the new me, you know what I mean? But I anticipated that. I prepared myself mentally, okay, my old friends, they haven't been introduced to the new me. So I anticipate, I anticipated that they will deny me. So, but I kind of like, it was, it was hard emotionally because a lot of those guys, they're still doing the same thing they were doing. Mm -hmm. When I met them before I went to prison, and I knew a lot of those guys since childhood. Yeah, they were from my neighborhood, and they they support my brand on a certain level. But at the same time, it's my life. You know what I mean? I got to travel my life on my own, mm -hmm. and I'm not I don't I'm not the same person they knew back then. I changed tremendously, and my brand represents to inspire people and help help people become better versions of themselves. So I have to be a role model, you know what I mean? I got to oh, yeah. walk it like I talk it. No, and I think that you weren't you wanted to change so much you were willing to give up everybody you were right. used to and everybody in your circles and surround yourself with people who knew more about things than you because they right. do say that, and this theme kind of comes up every yeah. other podcast or so is you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with yeah. and you have absolutely you took that to um to the fullest level and, and really implemented that in every part of your life. And, that's, and so many times we, we keep, like you said, the definition of insanity, we keep do, hanging yep. out with the same people yeah, and expecting yeah. things to change. And it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's, it comes back to the idea, somebody in college told me that the person you should want to be is a person you needed growing up. 
And I think you've become that person to yourself and like that role model. And I think that's, that's what's cool about having sort of a platform about this is you're able to share that with people, whether they're working out with you at the gym or they're just following you on social media. I think that, that whole aspect of like the world we live in today of social media, being able to connect with people across the country, like we're doing today, that's just so cool. Um, and I think that's, that's awesome for your guys' future and to see where you guys go from here. How would your how would your future be different if you had someone like you as a role model when you were 14? It would have been much different. I think it would have prevented me from turning 18 in a juvenile facility. It would have put me on the right track for success. I feel like I could have been an entrepreneur entrepreneur much earlier in my life, right? I didn't have that. I didn't have any access to anyone that was a positive role model that was willing to reach back a hand and like, look, let me take you under my wing, mentor you, teach you how to be a law, not only a law-abiding citizen, but to give, equip you with the skills and the knowledge to be successful. Now, we haven't talked explicitly about this part of it yet, but tell us what you do for kids um, that are in the juvenile detention program now. I work with a juvenile facility in, in Pensacola, Florida. It's called Scambia Regional Detention Center. And I created a 21-day fitness curriculum and a 365-page daily planner with inspirational quotes from hip-hop artists, athletes, icons. So, like in there, they do 21 days and then they're kicked back on the, on the streets. So it's not kind of not ongoing, right? It's influence. no. In all actuality, it's not changing their irrational thinking. Yeah. So that daily planner, they let they. They're in a cell almost all day, so they have nothing but time to think. They'll read through the entire thing, They'll I guarantee read, it. Right, yep. exactly. <laughs> so hopefully it will inspire them, and I try to encourage them to like write down your visions, whatever your dreams is, write down your goals. you got to have a plan, and it all goes back to that guy that had a life sentence. He told me, when you get out of here, if you don't have a plan to execute, you don't, you're, aiming at a, you're not aiming at anything. You don't have a target, you know what I mean? And I inspired those kids. They identify with me. I was in a juvenile facility from 14 to 18. I was in and out, and I turned 18 in there. And I wasn't provided the resources to become a successful person, or I wasn't trained to think mentally rational. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wasn't encouraged to use fitness as a tool to help me think rationally. Yeah. So when I got out and I turned 18, I, I was still thinking irrationally. So when I get on the calls, Zoom calls with the kids, I work out with them. I talk to them about my story. I tell them my story. I remember one kid telling me, hey, Kip, thank you for getting on the call with us. We need more men like you. We didn't think we didn't think um, change was possible until we heard your story. That touched me. I'm passionate about helping those kids. You know, I, I probably can't change their environment, yeah. but I can inspire them with my story. And those kids get out and they reach out to me on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. Right. So right now I'm trying to bridge the gap, set up a platform to help those kids acquire skills, like become barbers if they want to become personal trainers, chefs, whatever the case may be, whatever their goals are, dreams are. Chase your dreams. You know what I mean? Well, if somebody does want to uh, look you up online or wants more information about Streets to Fitness, where should they go? On Instagram, Streets to Fitness, Streets with a Z and the number two Fitness. Um, my Facebook. 
all streets to fitness or they can look me up kip luster k-i-p-p-l-u-s-t-e-r also on youtube also on youtube and tiktok and tiktok, oh, TikTok. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> are there uh, workout videos and stuff on youtube and tiktok yes, yes. Nice. awesome yeah fantastic so you can get a little piece of it without having to hire you as a fitness trainer and then if they happen to be in where'd you say you were from boca boca gotcha right. and then they'll know more from down there too well, thank you, Kip and Jasmine, for coming and telling us a story of Streets to Fitness. It was so cool to hear the journey that he's been through. And the biggest thing I sort of take away from this is that in life, whatever you're doing, adversity comes and you have to figure out how to overcome it. You're going to have to figure out all the different problems that are facing you. And, and like Kip was saying, if you sit down and if you sit down and focus on writing down your goals and your aspirations, it helps you sort of overcome this adver adversity and to just focus on an end goal. Well, you're right, Austin. I think that a lot of um, what Kip learned in his personal life are things that we can apply to either our business or our professional lives mm -hmm. as well. I, th I do think that Kip really had some lessons he learned along the way throughout his story that could definitely be applied in a professional sense too, especially when it applies to adversity. Like the first thing that he did was not try to find the hardest guys to surround himself with in jail. It was find people who are going to help me become a better person. Oh, yeah. He replaced his inner circle, stepped out of his comfort zone and found people who were gonna make him a better person, oh, yeah. surrounded himself with people he could continually learn from. Um, and I think anybody can do that, whether you're building a team to get a project done at work or you're trying to um, get employee experience up and you're working in a, in a small team just to get some ideas and feedback. Um, looking outside of your business to talk to consultants and that kind of thing, oh, yeah. bringing those in, that always helps. Um, also, he was able to find a mentor, and I'm sure it wasn't the first guy oh, he I'm talked sure. to. Yeah. <laughs> he found a mentor who was able to listen as well as give advice because he listened to Kip's body. Like he said, if he wasn't able to complete that, those 20 reps with the weight he was at, they lowered the weight so he could complete that goal. Yeah. So uh, also having a mentor that helps look at your path with you mm -hmm. and adjust so that you can still reach your goals is super important. Yeah, that's something I've learned in life is try to find a mentor. Find someone who is better at what you do than you mm -hmm. so that you can sort of just learn from them and they can help you grow. And it it's a very humbling thing for someone to reach out to another person. So vulnerable. Oh yeah, you you have to have that that connection with the person who you got to admit that you're not the best, but you want to learn and you want to get better at it, and that's exactly what Kip did in this situation, which I think is a lesson all of us should take in anything in life, not just business. Yeah. Yeah, it also sounds like he didn't let anything stop him from just doing what he was going to do. It almost sounded like that was all he focused on because he said once he transferred then he started getting into the books about personal fitness. So you know some light went on in the middle of that. And as soon as he hit the ground and got his cell, he was like, books, what do I need to learn next? Where is my next source of information going to come from? Because now I don't have those same people I had, exactly, yeah. but I can grab the books and those are going to be something that I can also um, use to bolster my knowledge. So he's still looking in lots of different places for the knowledge that he needs in different forms. Too. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the idea of becoming a a learner you're for your entire life you should keep learning and growing and and finding it in different places because sometimes you might not have a mentor there might be periods in your life where you have this person and then you move away you change jobs you lose that and so finding new and unique ways to collect information that 
is from people who have been through this before. I think that that is a huge thing that I love to do is like mm-hmm. read new books, talk to new people, and just listen to people who have done this before. Yeah, and once he realized that, once he started to get an inkling of what he didn't know, um, then he started asking questions. Mm-hmm. He realized that there wasn't any way he was going to learn unless he made himself vulnerable to ask questions. Because so many times we'll sit and listen to somebody talk and they'll be like, you know about that restaurant on that corner? And you'd be like, yeah, totally. And you don't, <laughs> you know, ask those questions. Don't be afraid to look stupid in oh. order to get that information because there are people around you who are going to go, why didn't I ask? Yep. You know, even that's <laughs> inspiring. But okay, all this aside, the coolest part of this is that he has turned this around and is sharing what he has learned with kids at the age where it's going to make a difference. That is one of the key parts to being a leader is sharing what you have learned with other people in an effective way. And he's not just doing this to make money for himself. There is a foundation that he is trying to give back and stop this from happening. Yeah. And I think for me, him telling his entire story, which this was the first time I heard the entire thing, he started with him in this situation, him at this age that he's focusing on. And I think that to me is like, it's a big part of him giving back to that younger version of himself that I was talking about is like, yeah. you want to be that that role model for this kid that you were at that very crucial moment in your life. And I think that's what he's doing with this. That's the part that gives me the chills is like how many people actually are like, I need to make sure my story doesn't happen to somebody else. What can I do? Oh, that's deep. <laughs> that's really deep. I mean, I mean, think about it in your own life. Think of things you've went through or things I've went through. And like, just think back to moments where you're like, I wish somebody was there just to tell me to do something different. Yeah. And I, I, I wish I had that one person just to say, hey, let's go do something else or do something different because it could change your entire life. And I think that's sort of what Kip is focused on is trying to change these kids lives and hopefully for the better, which is awesome. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I can't get enough. Well, again, um, we will post Kip and Jasmine's contact information for Streets to Fitness. Again, they shared it with us earlier, but I think it's S-T-R-E-E-T-Z, the number two, fitness. And that's on Instagram. They're on Facebook. They've got a website. They're on TikTok and YouTube. So if you want to get a taste of some of these workouts and and, um, other guidance that Kip's got for you, I would check those out first. And if you're lucky enough to be in the Boca area and you can get him as a personal trainer, check out the website because it's got their contact information there. Yeah, and if you like today's show and you have any comments or questions or somebody you want us to talk to, leave us a comment on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com, type in Create, Inspire, Repeat. We should be the first one that pops up. Leave us a comment on this episode and let us know. And also, if you don't want to watch it, you can listen to it on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Yes, please do. I think that's it for us, Austin. Thanks for listening to Create, Create, Inspire, inspire, repeat. Repeat.